Hello and welcome to this Jams podcast. Today we're in conversation with two Jams neutrals, Judge Scott Silverman out of Miami and Judge Rebecca Westerfield out of San Francisco. We connected with them last April when the COVID-19 pandemic had just begun to cause shutdowns and Jams had just shifted all its ADR offerings online. So we thought it would be a good time for an update, learn how their approach to virtual ADR has evolved and get their perspective on where things go from here. Judge Westerfield, when we first connected last April, you described yourself as a neophyte to virtual and remote ADR. One year later, would you consider yourself a, a convert? I would consider myself a veteran. I have now over uh, 100 days of Zoom sessions and dozens and dozens of cases, both mediations uh, and arbitrations. And frankly, I don't think I could have gotten through the year, which has gone by so quickly, without the help of JAM staff and training uh, in the use of various virtual platforms. It's been quite a learning curve. It's been an exciting curve to, to ride. And I, uh, I've really enjoyed it. And Judge Silverman, how would you characterize your you know, sort of virtual ADR journey since the onset of the pandemic? I'm likewise a veteran of this battle. Like Judge Westerfield, I've handled well over 100 mediations and arbitrations via Zoom. And what I've learned is that uh, necessity can move mountains. And I, and I think back at the start of the pandemic, I had an upcoming case that canceled because the attorneys just didn't want to move forward with it. And, and Zoom had not yet been an option. Now, in those days, and it's funny I'm saying those days because I'm really referring to a year ago. If you mentioned the word Zoom, somebody probably thought you were referring to an action hero, right? But today in our community, it has a whole different meaning. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, if a mediation couldn't be held in person, it was going to cancel. It was just that simple. And um, most lawyers were concerned about the danger of the coronavirus and, and understandably wanted to, wanted to keep their distance. But at the beginning of the pandemic, what I recall is scheduled mediations were dropping like, like flies at a pesticide factory. And then we got into Zoom. Now, Law firms realized they had to move forward. They were, at a, they, they were at a standstill. Courts were effectively closed. Depositions were moving forward. Disputes weren't resolving. And lawyers were, were rightly concerned. Rents hadn't abated. They, they didn't want to lay off people. And like all people in this country, people need an income. So as I said, necessity can move mountains. And the legal community, which is generally slow to adapt to change in any way, on the very mm -hmm. best of days, moved mountains with video conferencing. And so did Jams. So did Jams. We, we were out there as a company to meet this very quick changing landscape. And we've all become veterans of it. And we've been moving forward ever since. And Judge Westerfield, early on, I know you heard some skepticism voiced among lawyers who felt they weren't able to read their client as closely as they were in you know the same room or or that arbitrators weren't able to judge the demeanor or credibility of witnesses through video. Have those concerns faded away a bit over the last year? I would say they haven't faded away completely, but I think there's a lot more comfort with the virtual platforms. And I, I think that the attorneys have learned to adjust through also hybrid methods. So for instance, sometimes Attorneys will have their clients in their office with them, socially distanced. They may have them in another office, but at least they're under the same roof so that they feel more connected to their clients. And, and I, again, I think it's worked fairly effectively and well. 
I, I wanted to add something, though, and to Scott's point as well. Virtual use of ADR is here to stay. It's embedded in the system at this point. There's no question about it because of all of the advantages that we identified last year. I'm sure we'll talk about again. But I think to that point, for instance, the American Bar Association recently, as of March 10th, issued an ethics opinion. It's a, I think it's formal opinion 498 with regards to uh, virtual meeting platforms, which of course include Zoom. And it puts certain ethical obligations on attorneys to familiarize themselves with the terms of the service platform that they're using and to make sure that the meetings are secured in order to uh, protect their clients' the confidential information, which has always been a big concern. And along those lines, interestingly, the International Bar Association has also amended its international rules and in Article 8, allowing for evidentiary hearings by virtual platform as well. I think this is only the second time that the International Bar Association has done any major revision of its rules. So attorneys and neutrals must be aware of their ethical responsibilities and be very familiar with ADR, or they're not going to be able to practice law and they're not going to be able to practice ADR. So it's really becoming part of the landscape. Judge Silverman, What are some of the benefits you've observed now that you've had uh, 100 plus ADR virtual proceedings under your belt? Are there certain ways that virtual ADR is actually a better option than in-person? You know what? Here's the good news. Uh, One's refrigerator is only 40 feet away from their computer usually. So if you need to get a snack, it's right there. But but I think two benefits, obviously. One, there's less posturing by the lawyers. It's not to suggest it doesn't exist. It, It certainly does, but it's less. And it's far less dramatic than in person. There's something about sitting in front of one's computer that people just don't flail their hands and raise their voices all that loud. So, I mean, this is this is good. And and the mediations tend to go a little quicker because there is less posture and it's more business. There's just something about sitting in front of a computer screen where people want to get business done. And Judge Westerfield and I are, are on the same, same track on this one. We are never, ever, 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 ever going back to the way it was. And if you talk to lawyers, many of them don't want to go back either. I, and virtually every mediation I do, I ask the lawyers, well, you know, how have you been getting along? What do you think of the process now? And with motion calendar in particular, none of them want to go back to, to going back to court in person because they typically burn three hours for a five-minute or 10-minute hearing. And in mediation, nobody has to fight traffic downtown. Nobody has to worry about the elevators. It's it's just so much easier. This prospectively, the landscape has changed forever. So I would I, I would add to that, and I totally agree with Scott Judge. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that uh, there is something about the the quality of the conversation in a virtual ADR that gets to business faster, that gets to the issues faster. There is a density that I think also sort of adds to the cognitive load that the the attorneys have to deal with. And and I think that they are, uh, again, not wanting to deal with extraneous things. And consequently, the, the mediations are shorter, 
And sometimes we get something done in one day and a lot done in a very short period uh, of time. Then we'll take a break and then we'll come back on another day to finish up. But the time that's actually spent in the session is considerably less than the sort of all-day marathons till one o'clock in the morning type uh, sessions that we used to have when we were in person. Those are great points. And Judge Westerfield, now that you have so much experience under your belt, for those practitioners who maybe don't, are there any tips you'd provide uh, to them who are approaching one of their first virtual ADR proceedings? Anything to be on the lookout for? Well, I would say absolutely you need to get training. I don't think there's anything in particular that I would identify except to make sure that you have the bandwidth, that your equipment is working, and that you're fully knowledgeable about how to navigate through the system. And that, that takes a, a little bit of, of training, but it's much more intuitive than what folks who may have not used this process before may even think. It's very intuitive. For instance, JAMS has trainings, obviously, for our neutrals on a full-time basis. We talk about various things that go on that we want to improve on to make sure that we have a, a good flow in our sessions. But also there's trainings for practitioners, for lawyers who are unfamiliar. So I, I don't think anything other than make sure you do a dry run with your with your equipment from wherever you're going to actually do the virtual ADR. I think that's that's important. And you don't have to necessarily do it with the mediator, obviously, or even the other counsel. You can do it with a family member. It's a great excuse for visiting a family member or something of that sort or some friend uh, via Zoom. Uh, but the, the thing is to, to test it. Yeah, I, I would like to add to that. Uh, I think the, the most important thing you can do is get a good, comfortable chair. That helps a lot. The other, the other thing is one of the benefits to Zoom is it's very easy to share documents even more so than in person, frankly. And if you're going to, to make your first presentation an opening statement, line up those documents that you intend to show. You can highlight them. You can search them. There's a lot you can do to, to emphasize whatever point you're trying to get across to the other side and, and, and get some decent lighting and learn to, to modulate your voice. Most lawyers know how to do that. Litigators know how to do that. But it's a different medium. It, it most definitely is. But the nice part about TV, if you will, is that people tend to believe everything they see on the Internet and television. So, you know, maybe you can get the other side to believe what you're saying. Who knows? But it's it's different. And, And by the way, make sure you have a mediator who knows what they're doing when it comes to shuffling people around rooms. One of the most frustrating things for people, I I believe, is if they get forgotten about in a room or they get put in the wrong room. Or the mediator is not quick to respond to a request to come into the room. So make sure your mediator has some experience doing this. It will make life a lot easier. Hmm. Of course, one recurring theme throughout the pandemic is how regions have handled this health crisis differently. I think San Francisco and Miami are probably on different ends uh, on that spectrum. Curious how you both would characterize the acceptance or approach to virtual ADR in your respective cities. Uh, Judge Westerfield, how about San Francisco? Well, obviously, we're sort of the capital of Silicon Valley, so it's been very well accepted. And as as Scott has already pointed out, I I think it's uh, going to be a long time uh, before we have mediations and perhaps even arbitrations that are 100% in person. 
So it's very well accepted here. Part of it was necessity, as as he also pointed out, but part of it is just a ease with the technology. And Judge Silverman, how about Miami? Well, Florida, you know, our governor has been trying to open up the state for, uh, for it seems like forever, but the judiciary has been kind of reluctant to open it up. Interestingly enough, we had a tweet come out from our circuit just a few days ago, and it said that we're, we're going to start trying cases. And then a couple of days later, there was something that said, by the way, if you've been in this courthouse, in this room, uh, somebody's been exposed to COVID, you know, take precautions via the CDC. So I don't think the courts are ready to do anything. I think the, the courts have been happy to default to ADR via Zoom. I, I think a year and a half ago, if somebody had said, Judge, you know, can we do this uh, mediation via video conferencing because my adjuster's stuck in the snow in Ohio, there would have been an objection from the other side. The judge would have sustained the objection, and that would have been the end of it. That objection will never, ever again be sustained because judges have been doing this process online with lawyers for the past year. Miami, in particular, is practical. It's pragmatic for the most, for the most part. It very, very well is. And the lawyers have, have settled into this new norm. And both of you, I'm curious if any cases uh, stick out over the last year that you'd count as uh, a particular success. Judge Westerfield? Yes. Well, thank you. I would say one involved uh, a company that was in Asia. So <clears throat> it was practically an, an exact 12-hour time difference. And I think that th- this case was handled very well on a virtual ADR platform. I mean, imagine the cost in travel uh, that being able to do a case like that on the ADR or again, the virtual ADR platform, the cost savings were enormous. And it really, really worked out well. We were able to segment the case nicely. Everyone was already so versed and so at ease with the virtual platform that it went very, very smoothly. It certainly conflates the time zones, and that was extremely important in this particular case. Zoom has allowed me to do a mediation with one party who was sitting in a bistro in Istanbul, another couple who were laying in their bed in Thailand, a rock star who was in Switzerland. <laughs> All the barriers come down. They really do. But 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 it's interesting, though. The, the one case I told you about that I remember distinctly that's, that, that canceled right when the pandemic took hold and they, because they wanted to do the mediation in person. About six months later, they did it online via Zoom. And that case ended up settling for eight figures. You know, so there has been a general acceptance by the legal community, by the judiciary, certainly by, by ADR professionals, that Zoom or other similar platforms are here to stay. They serve a function. They may not be option A, in the future, but they're going to be option A minus. Mm. Well, thank you for for this great conversation. Let's wrap up with a with a look into the future. And last April, I think both of you were sure that this uh, virtual ADR was here to stay and would have a significant impact on the future of ADR. I hear you both saying that, but uh, what what does the future of ADR hold, and how does virtual uh, play into that? Judge Westerfield. Well, it's it's simply a necessity, and we're all going to be using it for the rest of our life. 
how it will change. I'm going to have to leave that up to the technicians. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure we could have imagined virtual ADR in this form 10 or 15 years ago. So I don't quite have the imagination to know what it's necessarily going to look like 10 years from now or five years from now. I mean, if you want to go into real imagination, I suppose you could say, well, Currently, we are limited to five senses, you know, hearing and seeing. Will there be some sort of virtual platform that will uh, give us the ability to add other senses that will make it even more like being in person? I, As we sit here, I suspect there are people working on that very, very possibility right now, but it's here to stay. Yeah, Judge Westerfield is, is a better futurist than I will ever be, and she, she's probably right. These will come down to... <laughs> holograms like in the first episode of star wars you know <laughs> we, we really don't know what the future holds but with this horrible pandemic and it has been horrible you know so many people have died so many people have gotten sick we can always look for the silver lining in in, in tragedy and the, the silver lining at least in our profession is we've been thrust 25 years into the future albeit kicking and screaming to some degree but video conferencing is now generally acceptable. It's preferred by many people. And it's it's going to end up being good for, for clients. It's going to end up being good for lawyers. It's going to advance justice so that justice is provided to those who are seeking it quicker. At the end of the day, I think with, with these type of platforms, we're in a good place. And I don't know what the future holds, but if I really want to know, I'm just going to ask Judge Westerfield. <laughs> well, I look forward to having this conversation in the next in five years or 10 years. But for now, let's uh, let's leave it there. And I want to thank both Judge Westerfield and Judge Silverman. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from JAMS, the world's largest private alternative dispute resolution provider. Our guests have been JAMS neutrals, Judge Rebecca Westerfield and Judge Scott Silverman. For more information about JAMS, please visit www.jamsadr.com.